Hello, welcome to another episode of Coffee and Jesus. I'm your host, Jael Penn, coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today I want to talk to you about an entity that a lot of people don't believe even exists, and that's Satan. He really does exist, y'all. Um, a lot of Christians refer to him as the enemy instead of using the word Satan or the word devil. He's real. He's definitely real. He was an angel in heaven, the number one angel, as a matter of fact, and he was kicked out of of heaven because of his arrogance. He wanted to be God, and he still wants to be God, and he never will be. Right now, he rules over the earth. He has to ask God for permission to do things to you sometimes we let him in through the things that we watch or say or do and so today i just want to talk to you about some of his schemes and his his end game his goal for messing with you so first um well let me start with some verses that you can write down and ponder on later when you're dealing with stuff and you're not sure how to handle it and you want Satan to leave you alone. Psalms 34, 17, the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Just a reminder that God is all we need to overcome spiritual attacks. James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. This verse reminds us that God is the source which is why we should submit and rely on him. 1 John 4.4 You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. This is a reminder that we carry, that what we carry always outweighs whatever the devil would try to do. We should use it as a source of comfort. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Now that verse has been taken out of context many, many times. There is a certain religious group that actually picks up snakes and dances with them around the church because of this verse. That's not what this verse means. You should not be picking up snakes and playing with them and thinking that you will never get bit. It also doesn't mean that you'll never have any problems where it says nothing shall hurt you because in this world you will have trouble but Jesus has overcome all of that moving on second chronicles 20:15 this is what the lord says to you do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours but god's so i want you to remember that when the devil is trying to attack you sorry, attack you. He is indirectly trying to attack God. And we all know that God wins in the end. Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, you need to stand on the promises in God's word. You will be victorious. And the last set of verses I want to share with you before I get into some of his tactics 
is Ephesians 6, 11 through 17. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when that day of evil comes, you may, able to, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, how does Satan get to us? How does he influence us? How does he mess with us? One is through our feelings and emotions. Feelings are fickle. They come and they go. So we cannot live a spiritual life, make spiritual decisions based on feelings and emotions. Another tactic that he uses is for us to become disillusioned with religion or a church. So I'll use myself for an example. After my initial divorce, I started going to a really huge, well-known church in the Houston area. I thought I would be loved and accepted and, you know, helped. And I was just spiritually abused by a particular women's group, women's class. And so I became disillusioned with church and I stopped going for a long time and my kids didn't go for a long time. So they don't have as strong of a base of Christianity as, as I would like for them to have. Uh, religion. Religion is the root. <laughs> oh my Lord, how do I say this? Religion is the root of spiritual dysfunction. I'll just put it that way. Nothing is more harmful than religion. What do I mean by that? Because religion is a man-made construct. It is a set of rules created to modify behavior. Whereas Christianity, true Christianity, a, relig a relationship with Jesus is about heart transformation. So Satan wants you focused on everything that's going on wrong in the church rather than going to church to learn about and serve God. For example, let's say there's some messing around going on between the deacons, between the pastor and some person in the congregation. There's bickering in the choir. The money isn't being handled right. Whatever's going on, he's going to make sure that you find out about it so that you become disillusioned with the church. So that it seems as though the church is no different than the world. So why shouldn't you go back out into the world where you came from where you were having a good time? So he wants you to take your focus off worshiping God and focus on the problems within the church. So he wants you to become disillusioned. He really loves y'all for you to focus on yourselves. And that's where we are right now. The world 
the majority of the people in the world are focused on themselves. Me, 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 me. My rights, my truth. He wants you to focus on yourself because he knows that human nature, once you focus on yourself, you're going to focus less on God. So you used to get up and have devotions, but now you get up and you have to go to Orange Theory, Orange Fitness Theory. And so you have, you know, you no longer have time for devotions because you're trying to get, you know, your, your summer bod. Now, there's nothing wrong with exercising. There's nothing wrong with eating right. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look better. However, are you doing that at the expense of leaving out God in your day? Because if so, then you need to work your fitness routine around whatever you need to do to have time with God. You see what I'm saying? And you know... Devotions don't have to be first thing in the morning. However, again, if you can't have prayer time, worship time with God, because you have this workout routine, guess which one has to go or be cut short? You guessed it. Satan also wants to tempt you. Now, temptation is not just sexual. Some people are tempted by fame, fortune, money, prestige, titles, power, material things. He knows your Achilles heel. He knows what will tempt you. So you need to resist that. He also makes it seems like you have a, a little sin as compared to somebody's big sin. So, you know, it's always funny to me that people think, let's say murder, for example. Everybody, whether you're religious or not, Christian or not, would say that murder is a bad thing, okay? And that's what sin is, bad things that go against what God says are right. So we would all say murder is a bad thing, correct? That's a sin, okay? And yet... So is sexual harassment. Okay? The Bible says homosexuality is a sin. But there again, so is boys being boys. Where you're patting the girl on the behind and saying crude and vulgar things. Touching them inappropriately when they don't want to be touched. So your little sin of saying a, a racist joke to get a laugh out of your coworker is going to lead to your gradual downfall because he's got to up the ante. He's got to make that little sin seem so minor that you'll do it again. And the problem is it's going to get deeper every time. So let's say there's a generational stronghold of alcoholism in your family. You know this. You know everybody gets drunk and they're violent when they're drunk and there's a history of this. And so you've been warned you probably shouldn't drink. And you can drink and hold your liquor and maybe you just haven't reached that liquor threshold or that right type of liquor that's going to make you get drunk 
But I promise you that at some point you will and it's going to be a gradual road to your downfall. So be cautious of that. He also is good at blinding us to our own sin by causing us to focus on other people's sins. He's very good at that. So you need to do a heart check every chance you get and pray and ask the Holy Spirit, show me where I'm failing you. Show me my areas of weakness, Lord. Show me the areas where I need to repent. Satan can oppress people with illness. Not all illnesses are from him. Yet he can cause illness. Here's the, here's the end game. If he's messing with your marriage, if he's messing with your kids, if he's messing with your mind, if he's messing with your finances, if he's messing with your health, his total end game, he is a one trick pony. The only thing he can do or tries to do is to make you doubt and lose your faith in and question God. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. If he can do that, then he's won. So you prayed for your marriage to work out. You got a divorce. You prayed for your prodigal child to get off drugs. They died from an overdose. You prayed to have a child you can't conceive. You prayed not to get lost, uh, lose your house. You have to file for bankruptcy. So when our prayers are not answered, that's his door to begin the unraveling of your faith. And so I'm warning you that when these things start to happen, that this is when you really need to press into the word of God and start praising and worship him like never before. Because what you cannot do is allow the enemy to make you doubt or question God. As my mother would say, you don't have the right to put a question mark where God has put a period. We're not going to know or understand everything about God. We just have to trust him. Papa knows best. And again, the enemy is a one trick pony and all he wants is for you to doubt and question and lose your faith in God. You cannot let him win. Do you hear me? You better not let him win. Mm -mm, no. He's got to go. And all you need to do is cry out the name Jesus. Just cry out the name Jesus. Even with tears streaming down your face. Cry out Jesus. I hope you learned something today. I pray that this message blessed you. Thank you for joining me on Coffee and Jesus. He loves you and so do I. Be blessed.